psychological matters. Ma Dumediala is a dietitian and we are going to be talking about food guilt. Do you suffer from food guilt? Do you eat something and then immediately feel all sorts of shame and guilt because of that? I'm interested to hear your thoughts about that. Madume, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Uh, good evening, Aubrey, and good listeners at home. So, so why would anybody have food guilt? it mostly stems from the fact that you know you eat something and think of what impact does it have on your body right um i yeah i.e if you were to have diabetes and then you you ate a whole bunch of chocolate and you know the blood blood sugar is going to be raised or yes. you're feeling weight conscious and you feel like you know i've eaten too much fat that's when you'll have food guilt so it's it's really it really comes from understanding that the way that you've indulged in whatever food you've indulged in may have some adverse effect on you. And that's where that shame and guilt comes from. Uh, I was just trying to think, Matume, when was the last time <laughs> I suffered from food, <laughs> from fe- from food guilt? Uh, Ozin Tateng is always saying to me, hey, you should be suffering from food guilt. Look, I have a very healthy appetite, my brother, and I enjoy all sorts of different things but i am understanding that as i grow older i've got to be more conscious about what i eat uh for my own health and so forth why do we put ourselves in a position where we are going to be in or candidates for food guilt when we know i suppose a person who then suffers from food guilt is somebody who's moderately or perhaps even very well educated about what should be going through their mouth i think uh, roughly it's more sort of um we we have developed a conscience to say this is what one must be eating um in terms of their health i mean there's too many health issues going on these days but then there's that feeling that ah, i'm craving one two three four and we don't have the luxury of saying let me control myself not to eat one two three four that's why then later after indulging in particular food item you come back and say but i shouldn't i should not have uh, have had that yeah and that creates an impact and then you start having food guilt of this and that i shouldn't have but in the back of your head before you could even have that particular food item you you already knew that, that what you're eating was wrong yeah 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 and i suppose that's true for every guilty pleasure we find ourselves indulging in uh we already know at some level that what we are doing is wrong uh it's just that we perhaps don't have that uh should we call it the moral rectitude to be able to hold ourselves back what are the tips then for people who would know that they have a particular penchant there's something that they really like to enjoy but it's perhaps not good for them uh, how does one deal with that? And I suppose that answer is going to be true for many, many other uh, moral weaknesses we might have in the world. Madume? Uh, 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 I think the simple issue is understanding, you know, in any condition that one may have, let's, we, can, we can put an example of a simple diabetic patient. If you are diabetic, you, you roughly know, you know, uh, it, it comes from an understanding that what's wrong with my, with me as in having a condition and then you need to you know position your mind in the sense that knowing that doing some other things or eating some other things goes completely against your condition um 
uh, I always say to all my clients, there's no medication for uh, uh, um, you overindulging or indulging on something that is wrong for your condition. It's you having to understand what initially, what is the impact of a particular food item in your body or as per your condition. That is something that will help you psych you around saying, this I cannot have. Even if I were to have it, let me have it in the smallest amount that it won't have that much of impact on my health. You know, and and this feature is called psychological matters. So I'm, I'm just doing some housekeeping here. Would yes. the kind of uh, food guilt that you and I are talking about be considered mm. a psychological matter? It it's probably borders on a yes or no. Um, um, we we are always attracted to wrong things. I think psychologically, we we just want to have whatever we want to have at that particular time. Uh, and we, we we tend not to understand, you know, even if we were to understand why we can't have one to therefore, but it's more like we want to, you know, a little child when you say don't have, uh, don't eat one to therefore, yeah. the child wants to have, it's more like you, you, you want to see what will happen if if I eat one to therefore, when unfortunately most of the time the worst will happen. Um, it, it does bother us on, on psychology. That's why I always go back to say, as a person, you need to understand what particular food item will have and how much of an impact will that have on your health you know as i as i start to think about some of the things that i enjoy eating i have i have seen myself i have witnessed myself have an out of body experience after i have breathed in a a whole or two slabs of chocolate. I mean, I, I've seen myself do such <laughs> things, Matume. Believe me, my brother. I have seen myself breathe them in. And I do it so quickly sometimes that I don't give myself a chance to, 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 to really think about what I'm doing. And then, yeah, no, actually, now I remember that. <laughs> and then I will feel guilty. And then I will drink all sorts of water and half kill myself at the gym and all of those kinds <laughs> of things. Because I, but, but shouldn't there be a way of, I don't know, talking about moderation for those things? Because I imagine if I, if I just took one little slab of chocolate every now and again instead of getting into this religious sort of mode about not eating chocolate uh, to the point where I'm, I, 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 I rev up my desire for the chocolate so much that I can't even stop myself. Isn't there something that we can do to somehow bring this compulsion, this, this beastly decision to eat everything without batting an eyelid, isn't there something we can do about that? I think the best thing is always to say, you know, eat in moderation, um, don't overindulge, and then have a particular way of saying, if I were to have a chocolate, um, let me have it once in a blue moon. Um, let it not be something that every day you wake up, uh, uh, you want to have a, a, a bite of chocolate. Let it be something that you have seriously in moderation. We always say, Anything in moderation will still be fine. But the moment you have too much of that, that is a problem. But again, remember, cravings are craving. You know, you, 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 um, you might wake up one day and then you feel like you want to, uh, this week you want to indulge on Malam Hodu or you want to indulge on anything fake um, because you feel like you want to crave on those. If you have to have that in moderation, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But then if you're going to now want to have a whole pot of, of Malam Hodu and you have other issues, 
then I'll have problems with that. But in moderation, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that operation. Give us a call if you have a particular, I suppose, food item, or it might even be something that you like to drink that you... You, you simply can't control yourself in the presence of. You simply can't uh, control your appetite. And maybe you've come to a place where you are able to overcome that kind of craving. Um, Matume Diala is my guest. He's a dietitian. And he says, you know, if you do things in moderation, you can come to a place where you can manage those cravings uh, and even have a rela- healthy relationship with whatever it is that you're eating. Give me a call if you're have a particular craving, a particular love of something that you then feel so ashamed about after you've breathed it in like I do with chocolate sometimes. Give us a call. I'd love to hear from you. 011-883-0702. Talk to me about some of the dietary or perhaps even physiological dangers of indulging in that way. I mean, I've had conversations, Madume, about, um, about binge drinking, for example. Uh, yes. a, a major South African phenomenon that we yeah. as South Africans are probably the biggest binge drinkers in the world, I'm told, um, yeah. uh, because we, we, we just don't do these things in moderation. But what are yeah. some of the, the dietary, physiological sort of dangers of, of, of binge eating, binge eating in, this, in the way that we're talking about tonight? I think the most important thing always say is to understand um, why you have a particular condition and I think that will also go uh, literally goes back to say I probably have this particular condition because of one two three four or the condition is getting worse because then you you have probably decided to go to binge eat uh, or binge drinking that's your condition get worse some con- some conditions are more of when you have that condition then you need to try to do something in moderation. It's simply understanding the physiology of a particular condition and say, if I were to have this in too much amount, then the condition gets worse. Um, again, I'll give, because it, it, it's simpler to give uh, 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 an example with diabetes. It's literally to say, if somebody was decided to go and I'm going to go and binge drinking because then you had your own particular stresses or anything, um, you wake up the following day, your blood sugar is shot up, you are in the hospital, I mean, when the blood sugar is not controlled, that's there's repercussions in terms of that. You start having um, uh, uh, diabetes-related con- uh, uh, complications, uh, including heart problems, uh, eye issues, you start having renal problems. So that's why it's important for you to understand, you know, why you can have things uh, in, in, in huge amounts in, uh, as compared to having them in moderation. Mm. Let's speak to Slagan Pile in Johannesburg. Hi, Slagan Pile. Good evening, Aubrey, and good evening to your guest. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask a question because I had a situation where I love ice to the point where I like the formation of the ice within the fridge and then I eat ice all the time when I wake up I, all t- I wait for the ice to even form in my tray Like, and I've heard that it has to do with iron but I have this thing where I think about ice all the time and I want to have it it's, it's a daily thing that I do mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you want to know why you have this particular craving? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Madume. Uh, at some point, you, uh, uh, hi, Obre. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, uh, Madume. Yeah. I think at some point, some cravings you literally can't explain why they have started in the beginning. So maybe at some point we just decided, okay, let me have ice. Then before you know it, you're literally hooked to it. It was not necessarily something that 
um, uh, ethnic physiologic or probably some chemical reaction in, in your body that says now you are craving ice or you want to eat ice every day. Um, it might be something that you, you started to just uh, doing and then before you know it, it's something that you can't even control. Do, do, yeah. do, do you sometimes get to a point like Anbila, where you crave it so badly and when you do get it, you just can't stop yourself and then feel all those pangs of guilt after that? Yes. Uh, yes. I think about it at work. I even wished where I had like um, a fridge in the office which has the ice. I like the ice that, ice that forms in the fridge. Yeah, and the, I also the, like the, it's like the snowy stuff. Yeah, the, like the, the fluffy, yeah. powdery stuff. I, I understand that so deeply, Lagan Pilichi. Beginning to discover myself in this conversation. <laughs> but but, but t- tell, me, tell me something. Isn't that a good thing, Matume? I mean, isn't that a substitute for water? I mean, we're told all the time that we should be drinking lots and lots of water. Isn't Lagan Pile perhaps on a, onto something here? Isn't this something that is wise? I'm playing here on the fact that her name is Lagan Pile as well. <laughs> I, look, I, I wouldn't really uh, worry much about somebody having eyes um, uh, that much. Um, it, 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 it is a bit of a substitute for water per se, uh, but I don't think it's really, from my understanding, I don't think it's really created much in terms of body issues or anything. I think it's something that she has grown doing, and um, I think before she knows it, she is literally just doing it over and over and over again. And I think I don't think there's, she will have any control about it at any given time, uh, unless the one day she wakes up and the doctors are saying, Look, this becomes a problem. Um, but so far, I don't think there's much of an issue. Uh, open. Have there been any uh, health complications, Lagan Pili? No, I haven't. Funny oh, enough, my even sister, go crazy. Hey, whoa, no, man. Eat the <laughs> ice, man. You are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Lagan Pili in Johannesburg. Uh, that, that is a healthy craving i think hey uh Matuma, I, I suppose if if you're gonna have a craving then maybe ice is probably the best craving to have yeah uh, look um in in in, in our clients who have heart trailer issues where mostly we ask them to reduce their water intake and then one of the things we ask them is that if you feel like your your mouth is dry one thing you can do is suck on ice so i suppose in this case it's not entirely a bad thing Mm, interesting stuff. Let me speak to uh, Caleb in uh, in uh, Johannesburg. Hi, Caleb. Hey, how's it? Yeah, go for it, man. Good, good. Yeah, so I just tuned in recently, but um, it's an interesting conversation. I, over the December period, had gone in for like an annual checkup, come to know that the doctor is now saying that I'm pre-diabetic. It was quite a shock because, you know, I didn't really have any any, any issues, but what, it, what it's come down to is, I really, I used to drink like over two liters of Coca-Cola a day. And at that point, I used to feel like nothing else could quench my thirst. But now, after some time, and I've started drinking a lot more water, I can tell like sugar definitely has some addictive qualities to it because I wouldn't have felt that way if I hadn't got like this big wake-up call. I would have still been drinking all those Cokes, you know? Yeah, no, no, for sure. Madume? Mm. Uh, look, um, my, 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 my thing around diabetes is that uh, uh, he says he's pre-diabetic. Um, remember with diabetes, we are, we are saying that your body has an ability to literally um, uh, 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 deal with the sugar. 
Um, yes, if you're having, then when you're pre-diabetic, and I suppose his blood sugar is not entirely that well controlled, um, a hold of sugar will literally be a problem. Uh, but we can't necessarily say that the hold of sugar caused diabetes. It's just that in this case, uh, now that he's pre-diabetic, he needs to reduce the hold of his sugar intake. And um, having all the cokes and everything will not literally be wise for him. Um, a whole lot of water will be definitely okay. I always say the higher I cook drinks is water and everything else after that. Um, but I mean, two liters of coke, I've, I've had clients that drink two liters of coke on a daily basis. You really need to reduce that because it's, in coke, it's not only the sugar that you get addicted to, it's also, also the caffeine inside there that you get addicted to. Indeed, Caleb, thanks very much. Tabing Liping on, uh, on uh, the WhatsApp line says, craving and chewing ice, known as pagophagia, yeah, mm. is often associated with iron deficiency uh, with or without anemia, although the reason is unclear, says Tabing Liping. And then Sachaba asked the question, he says, Hi, Aubrey and your guest. Is food guilt connected to disorders such as bulimia and anorexia? And that's from Sachaba. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are about that. But Dr. Kosi Gianni has just called in. Uh, Dr. Gianni, good evening to you and uh, such a pleasure to hear your voice. Hey, very good evening, old friend. How well are you? I'm well, man. And, and listen, I'm so excited that, that there's the DR just before the word Indeed. Oh, man. <laughs> Indeed. We've earned some prefixes. Uh, this is so wonderful. Tell me what uh, do yes. we owe this pleasure uh, to? Well, uh, I think, you know, that there's somebody who's texted and, and kind of spoken about the, the ice. Um, issue yes. uh, because it, it's also part of you know what's referred to as pica or pica when you get that, that mm. preoccupation with non-food items and ice tends to be one of those when you are eating ice for different reasons than it is normally yes. and also the extent to which she craves it she wishes she had a, a, a fridge in in yeah. her office or something to that tells you that it's not just you know, there's a there's a lot more to it, and and I'm not in any way, um, you know, contradicting what um, the esteemed colleague has, has just said. But I'm just saying that there is, and and she might find that she didn't allude to the fact that she's been told there's something about um, uh, 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 anemia, and yeah. uh, and uh, so she might find that if she takes uh, or iron, if she takes iron supplements and sees whether the craving changes um, as, as a result of that. I mean, there's a lot more detail that can be gone sure. into, which is not sure. necessarily my area of expertise. But I, 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 do, mm. I do want us to say that there is a point at which it borders on not just liking ice, but yeah. it, it, is, it is more in the, in the family of, of pica. And, and I remember that I used to have that as a, as a child. And it used to be specifically, as she says, it's not just, but as a friend of mine, wants ice and she chews it, you know, and she cracks it. Uh, and that sound, whereas for me, it was chalk. I wanted, ah. and I didn't want, I didn't want the soft chalk, but I wanted dry chalk that when I, and it was just about the cracking in, in the mouth. And yeah. then I would rinse it. I would never swallow it. I always did it in the bathroom and, and then I would rinse it. And I know that when I started taking iron t- tablets, uh, definitely, um, you know, uh, got better until it just faded on its own. But it is something that you might want to look into. Doctor, because it can also evolve. Yeah, Dr. Kosi, I, I mean, I asked the question of Matome 
whether these are psychological disorders. And, and I mean, that's your sort of area of expertise. These yeah. kinds of food cravings that give us these pangs of guilt. Is it, mm. can it be psychological or is it solely uh, physiological as a result perhaps of a deficiency it, in a particular, uh, I don't know, mineral or something? Uh, yeah. Can it be psychological? Dr. Corsi? Physiological um, issues. And then we would say, okay, you know, as, as human beings, we, we try not to compartmentalize and isolate things yeah. because we are an interconnected system. So some things may start off with a, a physiological, uh, you know, from a f- physiological point, but they will. You know, as she says right now, she talks about um, what we would talk about, obsessive compulsive, you know, the obsessive thoughts, like she can't stop thinking about it, and the compulsive behaviors that I just, that urge, it's, it's just this pressing urge uh, to continue to do it, even though it may not, uh, you know, benefit her to do so. Um, so it does, it does. And somebody also spoke about, you know, bulimia and, and those eating disorders yeah. and um, anorexia. Yes, yeah. all of which have a, a deeply psychological, um, you know, element that plays out in the arena of food. And the fact that Saganipile called in when we are speaking specifically about the issue of food guilt perhaps is clue enough for us to be able to say, hey, maybe there's something else going on there besides exactly. the issue of, uh, of, of, of the nutritional side of things. Yes, exactly. And, 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 and how would something like that need to be addressed? I mean, uh, 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 your call is making me realize that perhaps we, we need to, 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 to be a little yeah, more... Yeah, to wait in yeah. a little bit more, yeah. 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 So, so the first mm. thing would be to, to, to look at the physiological side. So, um, so as I'm suggesting that if she, if she goes to the chemist, for example, and they could um, give her iron supplements, and then she could then assess the severity of that craving when she starts taking that medication so that if she does respond to that medication, it tells you there was a physiological uh, dimension to it. And generally, when that is addressed, the craving, the, the thoughts about it and the cravings and the compelling urge to have it will also reduce if it's just um, about iron deficiency. And, and when it doesn't, um, or if it does and you still continue to have that, then you start looking a little bit further and stretch it out to say, okay, so what are the psychological and emotional elements to it as well? But, but the ice in and of itself is not dangerous. In and of itself, it's not dangerous. It's right. the relationship yes. that she has with it that tells you that, that we need to perhaps stretch a little deeper beyond the surface of Dr. it. Dr. Kosigiani, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your, your call. I think it's time, yes, and uh, we hope that we're going to be uh, hearing more of you on the show soon. Let's do that, shall <laughs> we? Thank you so much. Do- Dr. Kosigiani calling us in the studio. Wow, Dr. Gianni was just Gianni the last time she and I had a conversation. She is now doctor. Kosi Gianni, wonderful stuff. So, so interesting, Matume, uh, that uh, yeah. Doctor Kosi Gianni is is picking up on the fact that while there may be no nutritional dangers per se, on uh, as far as the ice is concerned, or, or and the craving of the eye, but maybe there is a psychological dimension that requires uh, a, maybe a little more. 
uh, excavation, a little more investigation, uh, because it might be a relationship that might be unhealthy, not so much in terms of the ice's nutritional value or mm. not, but more because there might be something there uh, that is of a psychological nature that we may have to uh, look at. And that brings me to the question that says, you know, we, we, we can have a conversation about what we ingest, what we eat, what we, what we ingest. But mm. it is perhaps important for us to have a better understanding of the psychological relationship we have with certain things that we eat, drink. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's quite important to really look at on, in all the things that you are, we are overindulging on or we feel like we have the craving yeah. on. The simple example of um, a person, you know, craving ice all day, all night long. It, where did that start? Yeah. What triggered it? Because there might have been, there must have been something that triggered that whole, whole, whole thing. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said that before you know it, there's something that you started as something very innocent. But before you know it, you are literally just into it and you don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. So there, there's probably a psychological aspect that one needs to investigate and go deeper and understand what's what and how do you get this person out of that particular situation sabelo says uh, evening aubrey i guess i'll sit this one out i mostly suffer from alcohol guilt uh, good evening he says and i suppose the same kind of concern yeah. uh, that has been raised by uh, dr Corsi's call should be i suppose directed at the overuse of alcohol and the guilt that comes from that yeah i mean it's one again would ask, uh, would say, I think um, uh, people will always ask him when you're overindulging on alcohol is that, do you have any problems? Um, whether that is intended, let's say you currently have problems or you decided that I just want to drink. But again, you go back and ask, do you, do you have problems? You know, what compels you to be, you know, overindulging on a particular item? Um, uh, is there perhaps something that you're not really recognizing? I always say, sometimes we get you know, stressed or get psychologically affected by things and then we literally don't recognize those things because they are literally on the surface. They are not really uh, blown out of proportion. It, it's only when things get out of there that you realize, oh, by the way, probably I have a psychological issue. But when it's on the surface, we literally don't really take cognizance of that. We just think, ah, life goes on. I just had, you know, um, uh, 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 24 cans and life goes on i'll not drink that again tomorrow but you yep. still repeat that the following day yeah hey, hey, 24 cans <laughs> 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 just over but it's just simply simply that that you you're saying i i i, I had a chocolate today i'm craving chocolate today let me just have a slap before you know it you're having a slap the following day before you know it in the seven days of the week you're having chocolate every day you know, um, um, there, there, there's two thoughts that at some point when you are there, when people are stressed out, they tend to eat a lot, and some when they're stressed out, they tend to they tend to run away from food, and that becomes to say, who are you in that in that scenario? And stress at some point does not mean, or any relationship with food does not mean something that we we need to talk about in a in a psychological environment. Sometimes we just stress at the surface, and we just don't realize it. We just want something to comfort us at that particular time. I imagine, Matume, that the presence of guilt in our overindulgence in any food substance is actually a good thing in that it's almost like a warning 
to say, hey, 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 you're yeah. going overboard. So, so you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the food guilt, but I'm thinking maybe it's a necessary, a necessary part of our own defense mechanism against ourselves sometimes. But then one would ask, do you actually, do all of, do most of us realize when we actually have um, a, a bad relationship with a particular food item mm. or with a particular item? Do you, do you really realize that? Because it's only when you realize that you have a bad relationship with a particular item, that's when you realize that, oh, by the way, I can't have one, two, three, four. Or it's when we're sick and then you say, but I cannot have one, two, three, four um, because, you know, of one, two, three, four. So it's, it's, it, it comes from the understanding that do you do you even realize that you are having a particular bad relationship with a particular food item? That's when you start to say, I have a food guilt. Up until you realize that you have a bad relationship with the item, I don't think as mm. an individual will realize that. It's only probably as obruding my friend will come and say, but Matemi, I think you are having too much of that particular item. That's oh. when probably when alarm bells are ringing. Or if the gout reminds you, Raymond. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I say this because I know uh, Matome because of my own experiences with gout. You know, uh, yeah. if I indulge too much in certain things, then uh, you know I have a, a quick reminder <laughs> of the fact that I shouldn't be uh, indulging in that way. And, and I suppose that is a very clear, sh- a very clear, uh, I suppose way of understanding that you don't have a very good relationship with that particular um, food substance or whatever the case may be. Here's the question. Are there any food items that are particularly addictive that way? In in other words, I mean, the the conversation we've had about sugar tonight Mm. um, seems to be one of those food items that can be very, very addictive and can make people... Uh, behave in ways that are perhaps uncharacteristics, uh, uncharacteristic in as far as their relationship with that food item. Uh, sugar seems to be one that comes to mind. What other food items or, or, or yeah, that 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 cause that kind of of addiction that may lead to food guilt? I think one of one of those is uh, caffeinated drinks, um, and from a simple fact, most of us we get tired, and you know we don't really look into the fact why are we tired. You think you know getting something sugar or something high in caffeine that gives you a kick, then you're fine. You literally don't really go back and understand why are you you know overindulging on one, two, three, four. Fats mostly fatty food. People use them as comfort food because they feel like when you're having a, a large greasy meal. Uh, it gives you some set, some certain sort of comfort. Yeah. Um, I'm still to understand why that it does that, but that seems to give people a certain level of comfort. Yeah. Um, funny thing is that you 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 hardly ever get to a situation when somebody says, "I'm addicted to an apple." It's always sugar things. It's always caffeinated things. It's always things that are high in fat. Maybe again, it goes into the fact um, the the taste issues that goes with them. That when I eat something fatty, you know, there's a certain of uh, uh, taste. Uh, um, um, uh, things that you literally feel that these are something that you 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 would want to have, and then before you know it, you you have overindulged, and then again those come come back with serious repercussions in terms of life. I hear you. Uh, I want to yeah. play a quick uh, voice note, uh, um, uh, Chris. If you if you can play it for us, please. To ask your doctor, 
I mean, they always talk about everything in moderation, everything in moderation. And um, I've had a lot of friends who have different interpretations of moderation. 50%, 75%, 90%, 10%. So when you say if you are diabetic and, for example, you shouldn't eat sweet stuff, uh, what does that mean? Like 50% of your diet should not be sweet stuff or 50% sweet stuff. And remember, if you talk of sweet stuff, then it can be very sweet or half sweet or 25% sweet. I mean, in terms of sugar. I mean, really. Yeah, can you explain what moderation means? 10%, 20 20%, 50%. Yeah, and that question is coming out quite a lot. Mawiri King, uh, Kinder on mm. Twitter says, Yeah, get moderation. Yeah, no problem, she says. She says they do not they do not understand what moderation is. He says, Makaku, <laughs> I too instead of three every day is not a moderation uh, uh says mangwidi king uh kinder and by the way if you don't know what lekaku is it's a it's a it's a dollop of of pop uh which can really be quite satisfaction and uh mangwidi asking the very same question uh, what is moderation it sounds like that age-old question of what does normal mean what is moderation Matum? Look, I would agree. It's a very difficult concept to literally explain or uh, even say to someone what is moderation. But one can explain it in, in, in very simple to say. We can we can give an example in, in moving back to the voice note uh, that says uh, sweet stuff. I mean, if you are if you are diabetic and um, sweet stuff mostly will refer them to basically simple sugars that basically something sweet because roughly everything that you eat will contain sugar or somehow, somehow it will affect your blood sugar. Um, if, if, if you were to be having sweets on a daily basis as a, as a diabetic patient, you will literally say that it's a no-no. Um, you will probably have that once in a blue moon if your blood sugar is low and, or run away from those things. We can move back to the issue of uh, takeaways. Um, if I say moderation, probably once or twice a month, that's for me, that's moderation. Um, we, especially if you take into account other health conditions that somebody has. But again, it goes back to saying, go and visit a dietitian so that you understand, you know, what, how much do you need as a person with regard to a particular condition. And they will better explain as per individual um, what moderation will mean in that particular instance. Because I think moderation won't be the same from me and you, uh, Open. Yeah, a lot of people are responding again to that first call from Sagan Pile that we got and saying, listen, you need to go and check your uh, iron levels. You need to go to a, 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 a health practitioner and also to a dietitian to go and check issues around your uh, iron uh, issues, iron deficiency issues. Uh, Opa is in Pretoria. Hi, Opa. Uh, Aubrey, how's it? Very, very uh, good. Thanks. Yes. I, I think the point that I would like to make is that, you know, we, we grow up eating a certain kind of food stuff when we grow and we get used to it, mm. especially on the palate. And generally, especially as a black people, level papa, level this chew and the like. Mm. So when you grow older, you realize that baronale problem, hey, cut a little bit of starch, cut a little bit of that. And I guess that is the challenge on how you 
try to stop from being accustomed to a particular diet Mm. to try and start something that you don't know at an elderly age you know that is the bigger challenge and that is the guilt now all of a sudden it's such a daunting thing to try and start uh, at a later age and I'm not too sure and, and, and I think you're right in terms of the other doctor uh, the shrink that was on the line I think, I think it's more a dietary issue and a shrink issue and I would love to hear what Matuma says to that Great, great uh, comment there, Opa. Um, yeah, I suppose custom, uh, being accustomed to something, being used to something, uh, and and the fact that sometimes being used to something can be um, just uh, adverse as far as health is concerned, but also those psychological hang-ups and connections that we have with certain types of food that may or may not be healthy for us. Uh, but I think here it's... It's a situation where you eat something more than what is required by, by your body that then gives you the guilt. Uh, Matome, y- your comments on that issue? Yes. Um, sometimes some of the things are more of, you know, you're eating more than what your body is required and that creates guilt. And yet there are some things that you, you are not supposed to have because of a particular condition. But then because you're accustomed as we grow, we are used to one, two, three, four. It becomes very difficult to change. That's why we, we say it when, when, when we do diet planning and counseling, we, we are not saying it's a, it's a diet change. It's a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle modification. You're literally trying to pan a bit where you come from. And unfortunately, you know, as a client, you, there's a certain responsibility that you need to have in terms of trying to make sure that you shift towards the modification. Uh, being stuck up on, on, on something that we're used to, but while, while the health condition dictates that you need to at least modify a bit of your of your lifestyle. It's not going to help it any anyhow. Yeah. That's where the guilt comes from. And say, you know, yes, I'm used to this thing, but then yes, again, on the other on the flip side of your condition, you need to modify that. Final call is Teresa in uh, Northwest. Hi, Teresa. All right, Aubrey. I just want to to say that um, I had a craving of. Uh, soil to a point that I would fill a paper bag of soil and eat it to get myself I would get myself constipated but the moment doctors discovered that I had uh, uh, iron deficiency they fixed it Mm. and the eating of soil stopped then came now nowadays I have a craving of sugar to a point that I go into the garden come back into the kitchen fill my mouth with sugar eat it go back come back eat and then the doctors realized that uh, my blood sugar was very low. And I want to, to comment on the issue of it being possibly psychological. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, like in uh, high school, I used to hate math. So during the math lessons, I realized that I ate my math book cornered by corner until it was almost the whole book eaten and it was a problem now to hand in the book because it was eaten do you see but when i went to other subjects i never ate even a corner sure Teresa, we 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 need to have a conversation about this at some point Uh, our eating habits our psychological um, I suppose realities and connections to what we eat. As we close, Matume, uh, 
um, yes. food, guilt, uh, as we close? Look, we, I'll go back again and say, try to understand um, the impact of a particular thing that you, you're indulging on in terms of your health. That's how best you're probably going to have to deal with that. You're going to be able to deal with full guilt up until you understand where, where that particular item will lead you. You'll probably not even realize that. Mm-hmm. But as I always say, have something in moderation. Um, be able to realize that you have had enough of one, two, three, four. Be able to realize that one too many of drinks is just not going to help uh, you. And be able to realize what is your limit. I think that you'll be able best to deal with food guilt. Matume, uh, Diala, thank you so much for joining us.